Minister for Justice Helen McEntee joins me now from our Dáil studio. Good morning to you. Good morning, Claire. Hi. Firstly, I'm sure you have seen last night's scenes at Tullamore District Court. There were a lot of videos shared on social media and we saw crowds forming as the man who was charged with the murder of Ashling Murphy was brought into that court by Gardaí. Did you have any concerns looking at those scenes? Look, I think it's been a hugely traumatic week for so many people, for, for Ashling's family, but for her entire community. Um, what I would say is I think we need to um, be careful here what we all say. Um, be it on social media or otherwise. Um, and I think we need to make sure that we allow the criminal justice system to work and that we allow the Gardaí to do their job. Um, so I just think we all need to be very careful. This has um, this has gone to the courts. Uh, we have a process that has started and it's just really important that people allow that process to take its course. I do appreciate, uh, you know, as I've said at the outset, this has been a hugely, hugely traumatic week for so many people. Um, but we do need to have faith in the criminal justice system. And the Gardaí have asked people not to discuss the case on social media. It seems to continue and it's also continuing on private messaging platforms. Do you have a message to people who are engaging in those conversations? I do and it's that we all have a responsibility here and I think we all need to take responsibility. Um, We need to make sure um, that we are careful and that we don't share messages, that we don't comment in ways that we shouldn't. Um, A process has started. We do have to trust the Gardaí. We have to trust trust the criminal justice system uh, and that means um, ourselves taking that responsibility and and not sharing images, not uh, doing anything that might jeopardise the process itself. Now you've been to the forefront in recent days in condemning violence against women, committing to do more in this area. So I think people will be surprised to learn that in the carve-up of Cabinet last year, you allowed oversight of domestic violence to leave your department and transfer to Roderick O'Gorman in the Department of Children. Why was that? Well, look, I suppose I hope you'll appreciate and others that... um these decisions were were taken in the overall uh, engagement and formation of government. Um, the the three leaders obviously uh, had final sign off, and and this uh, was agreed as there was changes across many different departments. Um, but since coming into this role, I have prioritised domestic, sexual, and gender based violence. Uh, I've worked very closely with Roger O'Gorman, uh, who has taken on the equality brief, which really is is so much more than just domestic violence. It focuses on a whole host of other areas, um, and I. I've worked with many other departments, um, but we've also listened to what the sector in particular, the community and voluntary sector, those working on the front line have been saying to us. And that is that these, uh, I suppose, the manner in which uh, services, supports, policy uh, and other areas are coordinated and work across government, that they're too diffuse, um, that they need to be coordinated better. Uh, And following an audit of last year uh, and following that engagement with the sector, uh, we've made a commitment to bring policy and the delivery of service. So that means refuges, Mm -hmm. uh, it means the wraparound supports and others uh, into the remit of the Department of Justice. So I will have lead responsibility, not just for those areas, but also coordinating the whole of government approach. So this is not just about two departments or three departments where housing Mm -hmm. is involved, but it's about every single element of government, every department, every minister playing their part. um, And that's what will be very clear in the third national strategy that I'm going to launch and announce in the coming weeks. That domestic violence, oversight of domestic violence, is such an important area and we know Orla O'Connor from the National Women's Council has been really critical of the fact that there was no clear line of responsibility in this area and so you could also argue that you look back now and you say well we've lost a year there. 
Well, I, I don't think we have. I think we've actually made a lot of progress uh, in my own department. Uh, I have prioritised this uh, from the first month I published the O'Malley report, which looked at the process that victims of criminal uh, and, and sexual assault go through uh, in the criminal justice system. Um, I've implemented a plan, which is 52 actions to improve the overall criminal justice system to support victims and to encourage them to come forward. Uh, Roger O'Gorman, in his remit, um, has increased funding um, for refuge spaces, has increased funding overall for services in this area. Uh, and across departments, we have worked uh, not just in ours, but social protection, where we have new support for victims uh, in education where we're working collectively with higher education uh, linking in with our university students so there's there's a lot of work has been done that's not to say we can't improve it and we can't uh, be stronger in how we deliver this and that is why there will be a lead department I will be that lead minister I'm very clear and determined in what it is that we all need to do uh, and I think what people will be pleased to hear as well is that the Taoiseach's department will have a key role uh, this is something he is very invested in and that we will all report to a sub-cabinet committee chaired by the Taoiseach so that everything that we commit to, uh, the timeframes, the, the funding, everything that needs to be delivered, that that will be overseen by Taoiseachs as well. So I, I cannot stress how much of a priority yeah. this is. We have made a lot of progress, but there's, there's I, I know there's a lot more work that we need to do. And the Taoiseach said this morning on Morning Ireland that in his view, funding is not the issue. But how then will you increase capacity in women's refuges at a time when there's a housing crisis and accommodation is very hard to come by? We also have the Executive Director of the Rape Crisis uh, Network Ireland saying that funding and provision of sexual violence supports and services, that funding in those areas needs to be doubled. Well, two things. Uh, firstly, I think what he's saying is that funding won't be an issue and that where we need funding uh, for services and other areas that will be provided. Secondly, in relation to specifically the refuge places, it's about uh, I think putting in place a much clearer, a much simpler and a much faster system to deliver the spaces that we need to deliver for the nine counties that don't have a refuge um, but also to make sure that we can expand where there are places and where we need more. Um, so it's about uh, consolidating I think uh, the departments and again this is why I will take responsibility for delivery, working very closely with housing. Um, and it's about making sure that the system that is there, that we can improve it, that we make it more streamlined, that we, uh, I think, are more targeted in how it works uh, and, and that we get this over the line much quicker. And I think that's perhaps been the, the, the issue in the past. And you've spoken about a zero tolerance uh, culture, but what do you say to the women who today are afraid to go for a walk or a run in the dark or during the day even and, and who might be purchasing devices like personal alarms because they feel they need them to keep them safe? Unfortunately, it is the case that, that many women feel that way and, and that this is the society that we live in. This is nothing new. Uh, and I heard so much of that in the debates yesterday. We, we had debates for over four hours on this issue um, where women, uh, you know, go out on a night out and make sure that people know where they're going, that they text when they're home safe, that you have, you know, keys in your hand if you're out walking, that you don't have your ear pods in. This is what has gone on for so long and this is why we now need to un unfortunately use the horrific uh, events of the last week to say we're just not going to tolerate it any longer. Um, yes, there have been many deaths in the past and I think in particular for me that's weighed heavily on me that this has continued for so long and we have allowed it to continue for so, lo so long and I've said it so many times. I think we look back on this issue and ask ourselves why have we tolerated it as women and as men for so long? But I believe that there is um, a, a very clear coming together where we have all committed to Ashling, 
to each other and to so many other women that we are going to dedicate ourselves on what is going to be a long and difficult path of change. And the zero mm-hmm. tolerance piece, from a criminal justice perspective, there is zero tolerance for violence against women. That is clear. And my goal and objective is to strengthen the law, to to, to make it clear, to enforce it where, where it's not being enforced and to, to look at policy as to how we can uh, support victims and, and uh, you know, when they do come forward that the system supports them. But it's about societal change. It's about society demanding zero tolerance of any kind of violence. And so we all have a part to play. I think everybody yeah. needs to think about uh, what they do when they see types of abuse, sexism, violence. Do they look the other way? Do we excuse ourselves? Do we uh, do we laugh but it you, off? Do we joke about it? We, we yeah. all have a part to play here as society. And you've made very big commitments on this. Are you staking your political record on how you deal with the issue now? Well, I, I'm committed to dealing with this. I, I can't say any more than that. This is a priority. Um, I have committed to implementing a new national strategy that I believe will be the most ambitious strategy we've had. I've committed to doing everything in my power to improve the criminal justice system, to support victims, to ensure that they can come forward, that they'll be supported and, and treating treated with the respect and dignity that they deserve. But also I've committed to working with all of my colleagues across government um, to make sure that everybody plays their part because every Everyone has a role in this. Um, But, you know, it's not just about ministers, government and others. I think what we've seen clearly is that this is about a societal change that's needed. It's about men standing up. It's about women standing up and saying we just won't tolerate this anymore. Yeah, just people will have been, I think... um Stunned to hear Anne Rabbit and Mary Butler in the Dáil yesterday talking about incidents that happened to them. Anne Rabbit getting a threatening phone call in the middle of the night. Mary Butler getting a text, a threatening text to her phone. Have you had any similar experiences? Not phone calls. um, And I think we were all struck by the fact that so many of my colleagues... um, gave their own story and their own account. I mean, politicians, when we debate these things, we're not just talking about people outside of the Dáil Chamber. We're talking about us. We're talking about our lives and and society and how it impacts on us as well. Um, And what was very clear is that so many uh, women have found themselves in situations that they shouldn't have, that they have been threatened, that they have been abused, that they have been at the hands of sexism and... um, assaulted as well and and some instances where there has been extreme violence Um, and I think uh, you know while I haven't experienced that level you know I certainly get the same abuse as many others be it on social media or through other channels Uh, and while it's probably been my by mantra that I don't accept it and I just ignore it I think even myself, I need to take a stand now and say I won't just accept this any longer. What do you do? Just be ignored. What's the alternative? Well, I think we need to call it out. Uh, I think where we haven't called it out before, we need to call it out. Uh, And it's not just abuse of politicians. I think it's abuse in general of women. Um, We need to call it out and we haven't to date. Just moving on now to uh, another item which is dominating the agenda today, the COVID restrictions. And we've heard government representatives say in recent days, we don't want to speculate or get get anyone's hopes up because it's not fair on the people who work in these sectors. But then we have the front page of The Independent this morning saying pubs and restaurants will be permitted to open until midnight from next week. We also have heard the Taoiseach, the Tánaiste and other senior ministers on how optimistic everything is looking. Neffet is backed into a corner really today on this, isn't it? Well, Neffet hasn't met yet. Uh, Cabinet hasn't met yet. So I don't think anybody can say with certainty either in front of the newspaper or otherwise what is going to happen. I think what we can but be certain sort of about... Being, they're being told what's going to happen, aren't they? 
well, I don't know that they are, to be honest. As I said, I don't see how they could be when no decision has been made, when NEFIT hasn't met, when we as a cabinet have not met. Uh, and I think it's important that we're allowed to do our job and to make sure that the right decisions are made. What's very, very clear, though, is that we are overcoming the Omicron wave. Uh, we are seeing numbers drop. We are seeing cases drop. Uh, we do know that it's a less severe um Mm-hmm. A variant, uh, which is obviously very positive. And we know that the, the really, really difficult uh, work that so many people across the country in so many areas have been doing, that it is paying off. And what we all hope now is in the coming weeks, we can start to to to, to move towards uh, some semblance yeah. of normality. I think though if I, if I was in that NEFID meeting today I'd feel a bit of that pressure as Philip Ryan puts it in the independent politicians want to make sure that NEFID doesn't spring any surprises. They want NEFID to make sure the science fits the economic realities. Do you know I think people um, I think people at this stage know that NEFID um, do their work and NEFIT present to us what they believe uh, are the right options and, and what they believe is needed. Uh, so I don't think NEFIT will be swayed by perhaps a, a, an article or anything else. They have to do their job and we of course have to respond and we have to work with each other uh, and we do and we have I think worked very well with each other over the last uh, two years okay. and it has I think resulted it's more, it's in, more in where we are today. Now. It's, it's a series of very senior ministers coming along and saying you know we are going to, to reopen. That's pretty much what we've been hearing since the weekend, certainly. But but let's leave that there because I want to talk about this COVID bonus payment, the €1,000 tax-free for the frontline public health workers. And we've heard calls from GPs, pharmacists, supermarket workers, Gardaí, home carers. The list goes on saying we deserve this too. What do you say to those people this morning? Well, what we've tried to do here and what government has agreed yesterday um, is that those who are Um, and have been working in our hospitals, those who have been on the wards, those who have been working directly with um, COVID patients um, have been in very, very difficult situations. It's been for some quite a traumatic time, particularly at the very outset of this pandemic, the first few weeks and months uh, where we knew very little about this and where we had a lot of our hospitals full um, and trying to deal with with the unknown. I think that's Um, not an issue. I think everybody accepts that. But GPs, should GPs not get this €1,000 bonus? So again, what we're talking about is where people have directly been working with COVID patients and I appreciate that GPs will have come into contact um, with COVID patients. Um, but this is about, uh, I suppose, trying to, to highlight where there have been particular challenges. A lot of GPs have worked uh, remotely for some of this time. There, there has been a change in practice and, and how we, you know, we engage with patients and I think some of that will have to be carried on. It's very positive in terms of future, um, you know, a future structure within our communities. But this is about... Um, in one way acknowledging those who have been really at the, the, the very, very difficult end of this. Yeah, but we're also trying to acknowledge yeah, that's those That's quite different to what stop. the Taoiseach had to say this morning because he said on Morning Ireland that the government is going to look at other groups now. He said a panel will be created to assess other categories. I, I thought that was leaving the door open to these other groups who are calling for the bonus. But you seem to be saying the decision has been made and that's it. So the decision has been made. Um, the, the the panel is there uh, for those who want to uh, appeal. Um, but 
what has been set out and what was agreed yesterday at Cabinet uh, is that those who were, as I've said, engaging directly with patients who had COVID in those very difficult situations and, and Please, that's not to say that those uh, being our GP surgeries, our Gardaí, those working in shops, those who, you know, people who went out every single day during the pandemic to work, that they were not in difficult circumstances either. Um, but what we're trying to do to, to acknowledge and to respond to all workers um, is introducing the specific bank holiday for this year that will be on the 18th after St. Patrick's Day that's to acknowledge not just everybody who's worked through the pandemic but those who've lost their lives um, and next yeah. year from then on we will have a 10th yeah. additional holiday in recognition of all of okay. those who've worked so, so there's, hard. So there's no wriggle room then for pharmacists, GPs, GP practice nurses, you don't think they'll be included? So the decision that was taken yesterday is is the the decision that has been made. And you don't think um, that should change or be altered or be re-looked at? Well, I, I think we need to stick with the decision that we've taken here. Um, and again, this is about those who were in the, the most difficult of circumstances, dealing directly face to face with COVID patients day in, day out. Some people working 24 hours plus. Yeah. That That is acknowledged, but not saying that we don't acknowledge the huge amount of work from everyone else and that is why we're proposing this additional bank holiday. Simon Coveney we know is going to be asked to appear before the Oireachtas Foreign Affairs Committee about this so-called champagne party in June of 2020. This thing has rumbled on for weeks now. You as Minister for Justice, can you give us a, a straight answer on this? Was it illegal at the time that it happened, that gathering? Well, I, I hope you'll appreciate that I in particular because I'm Minister for Justice can't comment on that and I wouldn't comment or speculate on anything else or any other case. I think what's very clear is that it's wrong. It shouldn't have happened. The people who were involved have come out and apologised and said it shouldn't have happened as has Minister Coveney. There's a review that is taking place uh, within the department uh, and the Minister has been very clear in saying that he'll come before the committee uh, to answer any questions and to respond obviously to the report. I just wonder does that go far enough because this happened at a time when there was a special Garda hotline set up for people to call and report illegal gatherings but when the Minister found out about this gathering he didn't report it to the Gardaí to look into. Should he have? Well, I I don't think anybody reported it. This was 18 months ago. Um, You know, but again, I'm not going to comment uh, on whether something may or may not be a criminal offence in particular because of my role and I wouldn't do it in any other instance, not just this. Mm -hmm. Um, If I could maybe, because I I think perhaps there's a a perception that this was an organised event or this is something that happened you know, every week and and there's comparisons being made to what's happened in the UK. I was a minister in the department at the time uh, and I would reassure people that that was not the case the night in question. um, We were going through a voting process um, to try and obtain a seat in the UN Security Council. And I don't think anybody thought that we would get through in the first round. So you had quite a lot of people in the office with the anticipation that they would be on the phones all night. That is the reason they were there. And I think it's maybe just important to clarify that yeah, this and that, wasn't and that's, a, a gathering. And that's fine. But the Taoiseach was saying this morning, you know, I'm not a vindictive person. People were working very hard. They were under pressure. The department was depleted and they were going through this very important process. That's all fine. But it doesn't really matter what he thinks, does it? Because at the time the event was politi- potentially illegal and it should be up to the guards to decide that as they did in other instances and there are cases still going through the justice system now, similar ones. And you're right, it should be up to the guards so as you'll appreciate I, I won't comment on this as I wouldn't comment on any other So it should case. be a matter for the guards then? No, what I'm saying is 
any case, uh, it's a decision for the guards as to whether or not they decide to take things further. So I'm, I'm just not going to comment. We do have a report that's been carried out uh, to look into what happened. And I think it's important that we allow that report to happen and that obviously the minister, as he said he will, will come before the doll and answer any questions on it. All right, Minister, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. That's Minister Helen McEntee. Thanks. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.